Hello, I'm David Castle, and you're listening to Knowledge with Homage on the 10th of March, 2021. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I hope you're all doing well out there. Today's episode is going to be a little different than usual uh, because different things are happening today. Um, I'm dedicating this episode to somebody who passed away last week on the 4th of March. Uh, his name is Alan Watt. And uh, this is somebody who I admired very much. And I um, I learned a lot from him. He did a weekly, a weekly broadcast every Sunday called Cutting Through the Matrix. <clears throat> and, and I really learned a lot from him. And it's a shame that he died so suddenly and unexpectedly <clears throat> in a time when he was so needed. Um, when the pandemic started, uh, you know, the pandemic, he started doing four and a half hour, five hour broadcast. Just to explain what was going on, because the guy knew so much. I really think he was one of the most intelligent people alive in our age. Um extremely well read and like a true renaissance man who who could really do it all and he dedicated his life to figuring out what was going on and finding that information and then spreading it around to other people and uh <clears throat> just putting it out there to for people to do what they will with it and it wasn't always the most uplifting information not at all but he he put it out there and it is what it is and the guy knew what he was doing he was an extremely genuine person and i attribute much of my understanding of this world which is still very limited to to what he um to what he did so i was extremely heartbroken to find out that he died uh cuz he just gave it he just gave a talk on um last Sunday and it was almost five hours long. He sounded completely fine. Uh, he was, he's on top of it. He wasn't sick or anything as far as I know. And his, his cause of death has not been revealed, but on his website here, it says, uh, which is cutting through the matrix.com. It says, Alan Watt, our hearts are broken. We grieve the loss of Alan Watt who left this world on the 4th of March, 2021. His tireless work to share his knowledge of the system we are born into and how it was wrought with horrors, uh, how it was wrought with the horrors we are living through now, is his priceless gift to us. And it says, uh, Hear this Truth is eternal and cannot be compromised. Hearing and understanding truth leaves one with a dilemma, for it demands change, beginning with you. And even your closest relationships may go down the drain, yet that is the price demanded in the past, today, and for always. We are spirits descending into matter for a purpose. Understanding this is the meaning of the term having life and having it more abundantly. This does not mean accumulation of products. It means doing that which is true. Truth is eternal. It cannot alter. Only truth will make you free. And that's a quote from Cutting Through, Volume 1 by Alan Watt, which is one of his books. And you can find pretty much all of his work on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Luckily, he had some, he, he kind of had some sort of contingency plan in place. And there are some people who are maintaining his website going forward. And you could still order the books and discs from his website. And uh, what could you say about this guy? I've been listening to him for like five years, ever since I heard one of his talks for the first time. I think I just stumbled upon it on YouTube or something. And it was really profound stuff. The guy was just really intelligent and really knew his shit and was so well-read and... um, so good at putting together the different pieces of what was going on and i was just i was just blown away and i uh, i studied all of his work the, as much as i could and 
like I said, it wasn't the most like uplifting stuff. He didn't sugarcoat things or try to make things seem like they were something they're not to try to uplift you. He just put out the truth and and you know gave it to you and let you do with it what you will. But he provided an understanding which was something that was crucial at that point in my life because you, I think there's some people who are naturally skeptical and confused about this weird, unnatural system that we're born into. And some of us see through it just because it's part of our nature to, to question things and wonder what's going on. And it's unfortunate that so many people will spend their whole lives having that feeling but never obtaining that information to make sense of it and understand why things are the way that they are and who did it and for what purpose and where things were in the past and where things are going in the future and why things are where they are at uh, where they're at in the present and through these talks, through cutting through the matrix and uh, his different interviews, uh, I, I started to learn that. I started to understand what was happening, and it, I, to me, that's a uh, an invaluable. It's a priceless thing to to understand, and uh, I, it's like a. Well, I'll take it from him. It says. On his website, in all ages, in all lands, there have been those who seek truth. The seeking is an individual's search for something more than self, and much more than the confines of this worldly system. It is the seeker who understands there is more than what meets the eye, who is not afraid and makes the choice to go into the unknown. The process of awakening has begun, and the discovery is underway which is uh, Alan Watt, A Course in Deprogramming. And that's what he specialized in, was deprogramming you from from this matrix that we live in. And that's why he named his talks Cutting Through the Matrix. And he has this funny logo that he uses for it where he's fucking karate kicking off the eye on top of the pyramid, on top of the Illuminati pyramid. And uh, there really wasn't anybody else like this guy in the truth community. And it's weird, I... When when somebody I don't know dies, I I usually don't feel anything. Um, I'm not like I don't get super emotional. I always found that strange when when people like freaked out or got super sad when someone they they weren't associated with at all dies. But now I understand why people do that because I I got I was really broken up when this guy when I heard he died. It was unbelievable. And uh, it's just such a tragedy because because of everything we're going through right now and how important these changes are and uh, how things are, are, are really just have been kicked into hyperspeed. And there's so many people who just don't understand what's going on. They don't get it. And then this here's a person who was had a plethora of knowledge and was like an encyclopedia on all this stuff and so well-versed and so diverse in his knowledge. And and he was giving it out there for free to anybody uh, to do with it what they will. And, uh, and now we don't have that anymore. We don't have his interpretation of what's going on, um, at least not in real time. But luckily we do have his talks archived where you can still refer to them as well, and um, I would encourage you to to listen to them. You can find them on YouTube. There's a YouTube channel called Debes D E B S D E B E S S, and uh, that channel hosts all of his talks. You can also find it on the podcast apps or on his website, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Um, and he's the reason why I do this talk like my podcast and the style in which I do it. I don't usually prepare these talks much. Sometimes I'll have some articles or maybe some clips that I'll play. But for the most part, I just say what I'm thinking and just just kind of go with it and, and let the stream of consciousness that I have uh, take me wherever it goes because cause that's, a, that's what he did. And it sounded so natural and it was just a, a, a cool way of doing it. And I admired that. And 
and I listened to his talks so much, and I I got so much value out of them, to the point where I was like, I want to do this. I want to I want to talk to people and try to help them understand what's happening because I think that's a a cool thing to do when you when you have information that other people might not have. Not saying that I got like all the answers or anything, but I might be able to help people. Um, understand and, and maybe make some sort of improvements to their life and that's why I do these talks and Alan Watt is the person responsible for that like I wouldn't be doing this shit if it wasn't for him so it's a it's a real shame that he died he's he's truly missed I don't know what happened I don't know how he died uh, they're not saying it that's business between you know him and his family and his his close friends and whatnot I never really talked to him I corresponded with him once and he was very friendly and nice, and that was cool. But, um, yeah, I'm suspicious, naturally, just given the nature of his work and his fucking profound knowledge about everything that's happening and his his ability to expose these people for what they are and what they're doing and to do it so eloquently and, and so well was, it was a priceless thing. And the guy was valuable. And especially in a time like right now, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people have targets on their backs. And I just hope that we don't see more people uh, in the truth community like Alan getting killed, you know. It's fucked up. But, you know, maybe it was something else. The thing is, nowadays, you don't even know. Like, they could, um, the ways you can assassinate someone right now, it's untraceable. You can make it look completely natural, and it's just, there's no way to really know unless someone walks up and shoots you in the face, like they did to Bill Cooper. Uh, But regardless of that, uh, the way he went out is not not nearly as important as the things he did while he was still alive. He was a relentless pursuer of truth and knowledge, completely genuine, and uh, wasn't associated with any groups because he believed that would be sacrificing his individual autonomy, and he would be having to do something that wasn't really him, and that's something that I admired too about him, um, was he, he would never sell out. He was just, he was doing what he did. He was very dedicated, had been doing it for decades, and, uh, you know, never really gained much from it, had enough to get by, but he wasn't getting rich off it like like some people in the truth community are. And a lot of people in this so-called truth community, which which I think there's a lot of bullshit involved in it too, and a lot of people who are paid off actors and they're not legit, they would go into his archives and like take stuff from his talks and his books and they would claim it as their own. Because the guy was so intelligent. I really think he's he's like on par with with um like Carl Jung and and uh you know Nietzsche and Goethe and these these incredible thinkers throughout history and people like that don't come come around very often so if you're not familiar with them uh i'm gonna play some clips that i i got just off the internet off of the the best channel and um kind of give you an introduction to who the man was and his style and and what and what he thought about everything that was going on so this first one that I'm going to play is Alan Watt on TV. Check it out. Sorry for the stupid music. Now I'll also mention too that a fellow that, that uh, has been in touch with me for an awful long time, his brother was in the CIA, or is in the CIA. He will never talk about the CIA to him. I mean, he will never give anything away whatsoever. He said one bit of advice, he said, never watch the television, never watch the television, it's the greatest scientific indoctrination tool ever devised. Haven't you figured that out? It's changed the whole culture of nations, not just one nation. Why do you think it was mandatory that everybody in Britain have access to televisions by the government? Why do you think China is under the, the same program to get everyone with the TV right now? Because they love to have you entertained. Do you really think that? And India is on the same route as well right now too. Most of your ideas and your opinions and how you emulate, because you emulate things, you mimic what you see. 
as Charles Galton, Darwin, and others have said in the past. It becomes you, you become it. And that's what's happened. It's been very, very, very successful. Never watch the television. You're given a mind of your own, and you've got to use it for yourself. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that's very true, what he said there. I I have a personal experience with this. I remember at one point in my life, I was an adult. I wasn't a kid, I know that. But I remember just realizing, maybe I was a kid, I don't know. I just remember realizing that everything I know about pretty much everything is because of what I saw on TV. Everything I knew about what society is supposed to look like, everything I knew about what relationships were supposed to be like, uh, what the family was supposed to be like, what school was like, what government was like, what what cops and villains were supposed to be like, terrorists, every, every archetype that exists out there and my perception of it was because of TV. And I used to watch a lot of TV because like when you're a kid, you don't know better. You got a TV, it's entertaining and you watch it and... Uh, it is what it is. Unless you have your parents who are um, trying to prevent you from doing it. And then you'll probably watch more TV just to rebel against them. But it's so true how, how effective the TV is in controlling people and altering our perception of reality and getting people... Like fucking brainwashing people into thinking what what the uh, powers in control want them to think. And it's... It's really effective in doing that because you're using fiction and people's guards are down and he would often talk about that. Now, he got into some other stuff too that I found really fascinating and this next clip I'm going to play, it's a longer one and I hope you listen to the whole thing because it's it's really uh, it's really good stuff. It's Alan Watt talking about how language can alter your perception. Just the very, the thing, language, words, and, and what you think about words actually alters the way that you see the world. Um, you've, um, you've spoken before about the English language being a, a form of programming yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering, as, as far as the awakening process goes, and if you can get past all the, all the media bombardment and, and all the propaganda and all the sort of new age sort of stuff, you're still left with this language yeah. which you uh, used to think and you used to express yourself. Um, is that something that you somehow have to be able to go beyond to truly wake up? You, you can. You can go beyond it when you do know. And if you're lucky enough to have it happen naturally from, from birth onwards, we can also think in pictures and sounds and so on. Uh, you have many other languages which we're taught not to even use. In fact, we're taught to ignore, even intuition we're taught to ignore now and only go by what the experts give us as facts. Um, you, you, everything really is a language on its own, and when it all works together, you can certainly overcome the spoken word. The spoken word is the first con game, and that's why the Masons always talk in their lectures about how God spoke the world into existence. He meant all reality, the spoken word. And it's the same thing with Adam giving names to, to all the animals and so on. Uh, I've said this often, if you had a child and he asks what a tree is, when he first sees a tree, what is that? And you say a tree, he'll say tree, and, and that's the last time he'll ever think about it. The best answer is to say, what do you think it is? And simply listen to a ramble. You'll ramble on. But that's the natural way to do something. Yeah, Everything actually, is already created for us to, to follow. And that's the trap that we're into. Language, just like a computer. And they knew this many years ago. That we, we are basically computers in an extent in the conscious world. And the programmer who knows the language and the logic of that computer will know what the answer to a problem is before it's fed into that computer. We are the same, and that's how they use propaganda on the public today. 
We're fed streams of information. We process it in the way it's presented to us, and we will come out with the expected answer, which the guys at the top knew would have to arrive at. So that is the, the, the way that it works. It's plain and simple. So, I mean, when you've when you've had a lifetime of, of thinking and speaking or, or communicating using language, how do you how do you break that? How do you how can you go beyond it? I think really the, the best way is to understand really what we're saying. We don't really. Uh, it, it's so full of. of um, I hate to even use the word uh, Masonic because Masonic is a later organization of a much earlier organization. Uh, that understood the, the creation of languages down through the ages. And you, you'll find every culture, too, is given a specific type of language for the purpose of that culture. Um, I've had people from major, major think tanks who work for this New World Order, who, who've discussed people like the Chinese and how their language was formed and for what kind of personality is formed for for their purpose they're a mass man type of people who are very obedient to the system the individuality is frowned upon and they're given a specific language which reinforces that all of that the english language was created to keep to get a, a practical working and war-based people um, on the go uh, old english prior to bacon and d and others really was a form of, of Germanic, uh, Saxon type of, of language. If you look at the writings of Chaucer, uh, the, the real writings, not the updated ones, as many updated versions, but look at the original ones, most people wouldn't even understand it today because it's closer to German than any other tongue. And in the 1500s, uh, with Shakespeare and the King James Bible at the same time for Britain, they introduced thousands upon thousands of new words which became the English language and they were taught at the universities to make sure uh, that they'd go out into the populace and spread it. All the ministers were taught it and so on, and teachers. So that's how the language was done. And at the same time, they were upgrading the German language in a similar way through Luther, and they created higher German from his uh, rendition of the Bible. So they did this across Europe at the same time. Uh, even France had uh, changes. The, the, the French in Quebec is more... 1500s-based uh, language, and it's different from the updated later um, French from France. So this was a major organized effort by those who already run the ancient world, or, or at least Europe, uh, to change them and, and create a society for their functions for each one of them. Okay. Oh, well, thanks for that, Alan. Thanks for your time. Uh, thanks and, for uh, calling. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care now. Yeah. yeah it's a deep Bye -bye. subject, and it's very, it's very extensive. And I could certainly ramble on for a long, long time on language and even teach uh, the inner meanings of language as well, but I don't really have time now at the stage we're at in this world at the moment, and that's why I'm on the air trying to get it at least out to people and get them indignant about the basic things, the very basic things which are happening to them today. So, interesting stuff, right? Pretty weird and, and pretty... um. Pretty crazy to think that maybe our, our languages were specifically designed to to make us perceive the world in a certain way in order for us to be more easily controlled. This is some crazy shit this guy was on. But I believe it. The guy knew his stuff. Uh, this next clip is him talking about what it means to be an individual. I keep telling people not to put their faith in the lone hero who's going to come out of Hollywood and save everyone. Each person is their own champion. And your first battle is with yourself. To be an individual will take some sacrifice. To be an individual will not win friends from the, the bulk of the populace. To be an individual, you might be very lonely. Can you stand loneliness? What's the other side of it? See, a person who really should be an individual and knows it themselves will often marry and do all the things and live miserably ever after. 
to try and conform and to have those things he wants or she wants to have. And yes, he will be accepted and yes, there will be a face put on in public, but inside they're depressed. That's why true individuality is not for everyone. That's why there's always been a mass. Studies down through the ages have shown that the masses enjoy being the masses. Witch hunts don't have to be done by churches because the mass can turn on anyone they don't like. It's happened down through history. It's still happening today. The mass wants to be one, the same as the elite want them to be one. The purpose of life is not to lose yourself, it's to find yourself, regardless of public opinion. Because life must be meaningful to you. Same techniques, same con, same ancient religion at the top. And for those who can catch on to it, do your homework, study, and don't be afraid to be different. From Hamish the dog and myself, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you. Uh, he says something pretty interesting in there that the purpose of life is not to lose yourself but to find yourself. And I think that's quite relevant to to everything that's going on right now. In a time when it's so hard for so many people to face reality and and acknowledge what's actually happening and everyone's trying to escape from themselves and from the world around them through through doing any number of things but you see it mostly with with alcohol and drugs and uh some people even go a different route and they use like fitness or something like that or or television or or whatever anything to get out of your own head but um yeah i don't know if you don't understand yourself and 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 get what's going on inside yourself you're never going to be whole you're never going to know what's going on it's not an easy process by any means but it's what you got to do this next clip is about the weaponization of fear i've often said the main thing you have to do is to yeah educate yourself by yourself all the information's out there If you're guided towards it, something will guide you towards it or drive you. I call it driving you towards something if if it's so important to you. You'll be driven, sometimes in a crazy way, in fact, until it'll take over your life as you're driven to find out the whys. And once you understand the whys, then you understand what's coming. When you understand what's coming, you don't panic. You don't panic. It's expected to happen. So don't let uh, others manipulate you into the fear mode, which actually disables you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who exploit you as well and sell you all kinds of things for the sky is falling scenarios because they make an awful lot of money at it. There's a lot of people in this world, and we live in this materialistic system. They can be so easily exploited by the unscrupulous or even psychopathic types as well. Because the psychopath smells which way the wind is going for opportunities, and he'll he'll be there. He'll be there where there's an opportunity for him to pirate everyone else's stuff too. And and once he gets the the mantras right, uh, the people will, will listen, and then they exploit you, you see. There's lots of groups out there doing that kind of thing too. And the same thing happens with the NGOs, only they're taught what they're doing. They know what they're doing uh, at the top in the big think tanks. They know how to manipulate you, create the crisis, create the fear or the impression or, or, or the techniques of fear. And um, I call them techniques of fear. You don't, you don't need a crisis f- 
fear state to come upon you. And here's a little secret here too, for those who don't know. Many moons ago, the behaviorists got into studying fear. Fear itself is a method of total control for compliance amongst the public. And every country was involved in these. In fact, during the Cold War, all the top scientists, by the way, shared everything to their so-called enemies. It was all nonsense. And they said, how can we create fear? For instance, here's, a, here's a, an example. If you're faced with a tiger in the jungle, uh, you're going to have sudden fear with all the responses that fear brings, you see. The fight or flight syndrome. The parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, all of that. You might empty your bladder, or even worse in some people. And then you vamoose as fast as you can, or you become frozen and you get eaten, you see. There's different responses of different people as to how they react to it. But they they, they noted all the different sensations which come with the, the state of total fear, where you're faced with imminent death, for instance. And... It was interesting from those who ran Russia. I always say those who ran it because a lot of them didn't come from Russia. But the fact is, those who ran Russia, uh, they did a lot of experiments which they couldn't, well, at least they couldn't openly so much do in the West because when you're killing your subjects, like humans, it's not too popular. Uh, and again, you make get that outrage thing that goes nowhere. But you find that um, they found if they could simulate, simulate, uh, this, the, the, the symptoms, which generally come secondarily to, to the actual instigator, the motive, the, the, the object that terrifies you. you know, all these symptoms uh, kick in where you, your, your pupils will dilate, more light comes in for fl- fight and flight, so blood pressure changes, your heart goes up, adrenaline gets shot in. So if they could make these things happen through other techniques, even electronically, then you would go into the same state of fear as though you were facing a tiger without a tiger being present. This is a well-understood science. And I could yap on for an awful long time, days and weeks maybe, about all the studies that were done. However, it's used on you today. Through television, through computer, through... I'm certain, as Brzezinski was talking about, about the this technique where they could literally uh, go across a whole continent with uh, electromagnetic uh, waves, etc. Harp technologies, you might call them, Wi-Fi is included in that, and, and, and create these same side effects, which would make the whole nation anxious or very depressed, or even make you so relaxed when you shouldn't be relaxed, perhaps, uh, and, and manipulate the public. These are warfare techniques. And we live in an age of advanced science, even during the Cold War, the front guys would tell you those who win this war will be the leaders in very advanced sciences. Well, it hasn't stopped folk. And all those experiments that do used during the Cold War and the medium, they're all being used on you today. You see? From the simple techniques of just hype. Uh, I could hit you with a thousand stories a day until you're quivering under your kitchen table in total breakdown and panic. But I don't, because that disables you. That's a warfare technique. I've said, I keep saying it over and over, the average person, the average, well, even a person who's, who's got more stamina could perhaps handle uh, two, crisis, two major crises at one time, maybe a third, a little bit, without cracking, as long as they're not prolonged. But more than that, you crack up. So if I were to tell you, but worry about this, 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 today, just for today's news, uh, you're going to go into a panic mode, fear mode. Uh, you'll sound like a loony to your friends. You'll look like a, a loony to your friends. And you get nothing done. In fact, you won't even get your basic, essential daily living done. You'll, you'll start to fall and break down. So don't go there. It's a, it's a weaponized system. So this is incredibly relevant to to everything that's happening this year and uh, the past year. Obviously, I mean, look at everything that's happened. People are so fearful all the time, crippled by fear. You have the masks, the social distancing. All that shit is just making people crazy. 
And then on top of that, you had everything that happened politically and racially and and all of these things just to divide us where, like he said, people can only handle so many things at once. And then all of these things came and, and hit us at once. And it does seem like a lot of people are just disabled. They just, they can't deal with it all. So, uh, fascinating stuff is really, really interesting stuff. Now this next clip I'm going to play is about bioweapons deployed via food. Check it out. The same people who are pushing all the poisonous foods on you are taking all the natural seeds and storing them for something down the road in the future. Well, they finish off all of us. You know that the cancers skyrocketed, skyrocketed from about the 70s onwards. And in in the early 70s, in fact, all medical staff and students were taught that, that certain types of cancers were incredibly rare. And they went through the different nationalities who were more prone to one type than another and statistics and all the rest of it. You know, it's widespread across the world now, all kinds of cancers. And the guys coming out of medical school today are taught that's normal. You realize it's easy to brainwash the academics. Easy. With whatever they're taught. They've got the latest facts and figures, must be true. They never question it from then on. They're taught it's all quite natural. Here's an article here. Uh, from it's called non it's called um, non GM reports the organic and non GM report and I read part of this in, a while ago it was June fourteenth two thousand and ten but it says the following interviews with another scientist Don Huber who recently retired from Purdue University who has also documented negative environmental impacts from glyphosate glyphosate is the, the Monsanto pesticide that everything in the GMO line now is getting soaked with. And it says the widespread use of glyphosate is causing negative impacts on soil and plants as well as possibly animal and human health. These are key findings of Don Huber, Emeritus Professor of Plant Pathology at Purdue University. In a paper published in the European Journal of Agronomy in October 2009, Hubert and co-author G.S. Joel from Purdue's Department of Botany and Plant Pathology state that the widespread use of glyphosate that we see today in agriculture in the United States can significantly increase the severity of various plant diseases, impair plant defense to pathogens and diseases, and immobilize soil and plant nutrients, rendering them unavailable for plant use. But what's interesting even here, I, I thought to myself, is the same things they're doing to people with infertility. They actually use it. The stuff actually works on the plant by destroying its immune system to all of its enemies. Isn't that an interesting little fact? Interesting now again that all medical students are taught that people today have a vastly reduced immune system from those from 30 years ago or, or further back. Anyway, further, the authors say that glyphosate stimulates the growth of fungi, and it's true they've got tremendous fungus problems and all the rest of it, wherever they spray this stuff, and enhances the virulence of pathogens such as fusarium and can have serious consequences for sustainable production of a wide range of susceptible crops. But they also go down and on about the effects as well in humans and mammals. And it doesn't just immobilize plant nutrients into the plant, you see, the plants pick up everything that you need, even the trace elements like manganese and copper, potassium, and so on. But when it's not in the plant, you aren't getting that anymore, and that's necessary for your immune system. Everyone today is deficient in zinc and uh, magnesium and, uh, and potassium, even copper, manganese, and so on. Glyphosate kills weeds by tying up essential nutrients needed to keep the plant defenses active. Glyphosate doesn't kill weeds directly, but shuts down their defense mechanisms so the pathogens in the soil can mobilize and kill the weeds. Glyphosate completely weakens the plant, making it susceptible to soil-borne fungal pathogens. But they've also found, too, in the food chain, in mammals, as I say, you end up with all these problems with stomach. Even the early tests and the subsequent tests that they've done show that even from potatoes, they were fed to rats and other mammals, they end up with all these stomach and, and cancers and so on, and intestinal cancers. Amazing that it's really skyrocketed with humans too, 
since they introduced it in Canada first of all, and then the States and elsewhere. Same effects. So well, why should we are a mammal too, you know? And then there's those the disbelievers who say, well, they never do that to us. Nobody would do that to you. And I, I said to you already, do you think man has changed or the dominant minority that plan the future of the world, plan world wars, did the horrors of the Soviet system, the horrors of Nazi Germany, do you think they've really changed? They've suddenly evolved at a great leap forward in the last 50, 60 years? Really? When did that? I missed it somewhere. What happened? They've already planned a future with a vastly reduced population. What would that take? It would take infertility. It would take a faster kill rate with the people so they don't live so long. We've got both of those in action right now. Being taught is quite normal in the medical community that are coming out of university. But they also find that the toxins that are in these plants too are passed on to um, mammals as well. Toxins produced can infect the roots of the head of the plant, be transferred to the rest of the plant. The toxin levels in straw can be high enough to make cattle and pigs infertile. Isn't that an interesting thing? Well, I'm not a cat, I'm not a cow, I'm not a pig, really. They've called us worse than that in the past, you know. In your paper, you say that the introduction of such an intense mineral chelator, such as glyphosate, into the food chain through accumulation in feed, forage and food and root exudation into groundwater could pose significant health concerns for animals and humans and needs further evaluation. And then they go on to explain it all to you, such as micronutrients and so on, all the things that's essential for your life, folks. They go on to allergic reactions. Everybody today is allergic to something. Some, some people, many things. They never used to have total allergy syndrome until the 1960s, and suddenly it broke out. With the help of the inoculation increases with national health service systems in some countries and stuff like that. But it had never been heard of before. Never in history had it been heard of before. Total allergy syndrome. What's an allergy syndrome? It's a problem with your immune system. As I said earlier, I said earlier that everyone have, has got a vastly reduced immune system than folk from 30 years ago or even all before that. And Roundup Ready is made up by, made by Monsanto, the same guys that are taking over your food supply, which should be enough to get you really, really worried. The same groups that are funded by your tax money too, they do get money to um, experiment with and so on for, for research and development from your taxes and using universities as well. Then they grab the patents and working with the five agribusinesses that own the entire supply of food of the world now and can cut you off at any time. You're not worried? You're not worried that these guys are, were all taken from the industri military-industrial complex. There were guys who worked with bacteriums for killing people and for altering the gene, gene structures in people and animals of an enemy long-term takedown. These are the guys who put your food together that you're munching away on right now. doesn't worry you. Monsanto and others. Really? I'll also put this link up tonight from this article I've just read, and you can read the rest of it for yourself. I'll put a link up, too, on the latest information from the Washington Monthly on something that was used in Vietnam, made by, guess who, Monsanto, Agent Orange. Because now they've got all these problems coming out generations later in Vietnam, and children who are born with lots of strange defects, genetic alterations, and so on. And you can watch the video for yourself and go further if it really interests you. If you can handle it. See, most people, as I say, cannot handle the bad news. When people ask me on a personal level, even in a phone call or something off the air, what's happening, and they'll say they want the truth. I'll say, can you, do you really, really want the truth? Because ignorance is bliss. And very few can really handle how bad it really is. They can't believe it's actually happening and been happening and there's a lot more to come. When you have the military-industrial complex and you have reports put out by NATO, the think tank for NATO and for the U.S. military, and I have them in my archive section on the website, their projection for the next 40, 50 years and further, all on the same track with 
vast depopulation of, of people. Only a few mega cities in the future, 2050. Well, ask, ask yourself this. Would they really want you? Would they really need you? Would a scientific society really need you in their system? Ask yourself that right off the bat. Because, you see, they don't. What do they do with ones that they don't? Well, you're a useless eater. You're taking up our resources. That's been said many times by the big players in their own books and publications. And many of the public agreed with them, thinking they were on the same par, the same level. Mistakenly, of course, because, you see, the brother of Aldous Huxley was Julian Huxley. And I've read his articles and from his book on the air, the first CEO of UNESCO to bring in a common culture for children. He said lots will think that they can come through into this new system, but they'll be in for a surprise because we won't need them. Most folk think far higher of themselves than they actually are, especially those who are on board with the agenda. And there's people in the bottom level who are on board with, yeah, there's too many people. I watch all the documentaries on public broadcasting. Yeah, they really do. And they really think that somehow they're superior by parroting a Rockefeller-funded or some other foundation-funded propaganda documentary where they can make you believe anything. Quite something. Ah, quite something indeed. Quite something indeed. Ah, are you bored yet? He has a kind of a monotone voice, doesn't he? He could put you to sleep. Good talks to go to sleep to. Um, but, you know, incredibly informative. And uh, I'm going to play just one more. And then I'm going to send you out with a tune that he made uh, around Christmas times. Like I said, he was a great guitarist. So uh, listen to this one. What is this one? What the heck is this? Let's see here. He's talking about the truth. He's a big truth guy, you know. It's important, right? Check it out. Truth is unconditional. How can we expect politicians who routinely receive campaign money, lucrative job offers, and lavish gifts from special interests to make impartial decisions that directly affect those same special interests, Gidfar said? As long as this kind of transparently corrupt behavior remains legal, we won't have a government that truly represents the people. Well, you see, that's how it's always been. It's always been like that. Never mind all your indoctrination and your, and your little Disney stories about the, the responsible businessman and all that kind of stuff and your politicians and the stuff that brings tears to your eyes. I and mean, that's how, how incredibly powerful Hollywood is. I mean, you pull out the stars and stripes and play the right songs and so on, and you start crying. And there's the politicians draped in the national emblems and symbols and all the rest of it. It works just like magic. It's Pavlovian conditioning. If people can't break out of their conditioning, it's been, it's been a tremendously powerful tools conditioning. It's been used in every country. It was used in Britain for, for generations when the British Raj run at the old world. Uh, it, it's for the upper elite, that is, you know. Whereas in America, it works almost to the bottom scale with indoctrination. It's perfect because true history has never been taught. And rather than have you aware, which is also called streetwise, you've been dumbed down to believe what you're told, that special people are somehow more responsible than you. And the opposite is true. In reality, the sharks and the psychopaths rule folks. In every country. And democracy is a showboat, it's a sham. Always was. Put deliberately by those who already ruled the old system. And now they've been training you gradually, 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 not even be concerned about it. Just accept that your betters that come out of the special wombs and special birth canals to get launched into the world have the right to rule over you because they're superior than you you see, or to you. So therefore, wake up. Wake up. And that means, honestly, I used to say, is that jumping out, uh, if you want the truth, how many folk truly want the truth? See, most folk, it doesn't matter what it happens to be or the topic or anything else, 
they'll say, well, give me bits of it on my conditions. In my conditions, you won't disturb any nice feelings about things or infantile fantasies or anything like that. And I used to say, no, if you want truth, you're wanting to jump out of an airplane without a parachute and free fall, and you take what comes. That's what truth is. Truth is a shock treatment, the ultimate shock treatment. Most folk can never get to that stage. They still want to hold on to, well, I like this bit and I like that bit, so you know, leave me that and this and so on, and a list of stuff. That's not what truth is. Truth is looking at things critically, unemotionally, and looking at what is, is, you see. What is, is. That's all there is to truth. The preponderance of evidence or lack of evidence always affects the jury's decision in court. And you have all the evidence you need to back up everything I've been saying here over many, many years to get the verdict. But you don't want to go that way, do you? You want to think, well, like the conditioning from Hollywood, the one will arise, you know, the, the one person will arise. The old Clint Eastwood thing. He'll just ride into your town and clean it up for you. You can sit back and let him do it all. And then you can applaud them and give them awards at the end of it. Well, you do nothing yourselves. Most folk truly don't want the truth, you see. That's sad. The worst crime, I think, in all generations going down through history, is robbing people of their minds, their own personal mind, at birth, for their whole life. And generations, mountains and pyramids of people over generations going dying, never knowing truth in their whole lifetime, never having an inkling of what really, really was behind anything that happened in their lives. Or even why they were fighting and dying at times and getting used like cattle. I deal with what's called truth for those that want it, without conditions. From Hamish Marcella from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God of your gods, go with you. Boom. Well, you know, I don't know, man. Total bummer, the guy's gone. Rest in peace, Alan Watt. I encourage you guys to check out his talks if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot to be gained from them and, uh, just a, a tragic loss to humanity because his insight is, is really needed right now. And that's why when things started happening around this time last year, he used to only do an hour long talk every Sunday, but then he started doing like a four or five hour long talk. And the guy devoted his life to this stuff. Um, he was incredibly intelligent a genuine person, and uh, you know we're we're lucky to have have his work to to look back on and reflect on, and it's a shame that he won't be able to put out anything else in the future. So, you know, rest in peace to Alan Watt, a legend and uh, someone I admire very much. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Uh, I'll send you out with a with a guitar song that Alan Watt did. So check it out. Thanks a lot, everybody. Peace out.